Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Ibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium. And we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Special announcement. I am teaming up with Katie Couric Media's Wake Up Call and Random House to give away 100 copies of the book Stranger Care by Sarah Santillis. I'm really excited about this. Here's a little about Sarah's book, and we collectively are giving away 100 copies. After their decision not to have a biological child, Sarah Santillis and her husband, Eric, decide to adopt via the foster care system. Despite knowing that the system's goal is the child's reunification with the birth family, Sarah opens their home to a flurry of social workers who question them, evaluate them, and ultimately prepare them to welcome a child into their lives, even if it means most likely having to give the child back. Stranger Care is an illuminating read, and Sarah will be on this podcast soon. So, If you would like to enter for a chance to win, please go to the link in the episode description from right where you clicked on it and enter your email address, first and last name. By doing so, you're agreeing to the sweepstakes official rules and agree to receive communications and special offers from Katie Couric's wake up call and moms don't have time to read books. Thank you for doing it and enter to win today. Just go back to the episode description. Thanks again. Jasmine Mans is the author of Black Girl Call Home. Jasmine is a queer Black American slam poet and performance artist from Newark, New Jersey. Her poetry book, Black Girl Call Home, has been named one of Oprah Magazine's most anticipated LGBTQ books. The book is now available and it is amazing. Her work has been featured in Elle, Oprah Magazine, and many others. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison with a BA in African American Studies. Jasmine's poetry has gone viral many times over on YouTube. She has opened pack shows for Mostef, Janelle Monet, and Goa Pele, 
Day and performed at such esteemed venues as the Kennedy Center, Broadway's New Amsterdam Theater, the Wisconsin Governor's Mansion, and the Sundance Film Festival. She also participated in Brave New Voices, an eight-episode poetry documentary on HBO. Jasmine has written for and performed voiceover work for a number of campaigns, including Secret, Pangaea, and Nowness, to name a few. She can currently be heard as the voice of Ulta Beauty's National Muse campaign, honoring Black women in the hair and beauty industry. Her debut collection of poetry, Chalk Outlines of Snow Angels, was published in 2012. She's the resident poet at the Newark Public Library. Jasmine also led Newark Symphony Hall's hashtag Embrace Newark initiative, which featured writings, footage, and photography from local Black artists documenting their pandemic experience. Jasmine created the company Buy Weed from Women, where she sells her own designs in support of women working in the cannabis industry. Enjoy our conversation. Hi, how are you? Hello there. I am well. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you. Your hair looks so different from your bio. Do you chop it off or what happened? (laughs) Oh, those were braids. I had really, really, I don't know if that's what you saw. Yeah, I have really long braids. You know, it's a black girl thing. Braids, short hair, long hair, thick hair, thin hair. It, it's a weekly thing, depending on how I feel. All right. That sounds great. I have like hair that does nothing and that never changes and is so boring. My big, my big excitement is yesterday I like cut off this much, which nobody would ever notice. So, you know. <laughs> I'd notice. I'd you notice. Wouldn't, but thank you. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if I would able be able to even decide. I feel like it's hard enough to get dressed that if I had to decide on what to do with like my actual hair, I think it would be one thing too many. Truth be told, I have like legitimately three hairstyles, a bob, some braids, and an afro. So it's like a juggle between the three. Maybe like I'll switch it every few years. It'll become a different combination, but it's usually that three that I navigate for an entire year. Wow. I love that. Very cool. (laughs) So Jasmine, tell listeners about your collection of poems and what inspired you to to write them. I want to hear like all of how you included all these like pop references and your line of merch and like, oh my gosh, you have so much cool stuff going on. So let's start with the book. (laughs) Well, with the book, you know, as a writer, you just, you're always writing in hopes that one day it matters, right? And like, people think that writers just start writing when they're given the opportunity to publish a book. But often we have these ideas brewing in our heads about like, what we want to write about, who we want to write about. And then when given the opportunity, how we'll like bring these thoughts together. And so I've been writing literally all my life. And it's so odd to say like, I am legitimately doing what I said I'd always do. I I said that I would be a writer. And so I gathered a lot of the writing that I've saved over the years and saw what I had. And so that gave me themes of like Black girlhood, home. I wrote a lot about boys and my mother and relationships and heartbreak. Like I had a wealth of information around like cataloging my own heartbreak. And so I was like, huh. This is, these are your themes here. Now I was like, well, what didn't you write about? And so then I had to start breaking into the things that I didn't write about, the things I was nervous to write about, the things that I didn't feel educated enough to write about. And then I kind of became a student of my own project. And I was like, all right, I know that I'm going to say these things and I have to perfect those things. 
But then now I have to investigate and dig in over here. And then I'm going to put all of that together. And so that's essentially like in a nutshell, how we got Black Girl Call Home. Wow. That sounds like a very complicated (laughs) interweaving of lots of stuff. But yeah, I mean, the thing about usually finished works, you're absolutely right. Like nobody just, I mean, it's, it's always like in people's heads for a long time, all these things. And by the time you get it on the page. Like sometimes it's like in perfect shape. Sometimes it's right. I, I feel like the writing itself is just one piece of, of the creative process. Right. Right. And it's, and it's a dynamic piece. Right. And it's so many details because I say all the time that like each poem requires something different. Like I can write a one line poem and it'll literally be seven words. And I'm staring at those words for days, trying to figure out if the and is important or if the and is not important. And then there are like poems where like I wrote as like a character and it was written in voice and it was a monologue and it needed no editing, no changing. And so I'm realizing that completion is this feeling, but it's also, you don't have to honor it. Like I I got a lot of anxiety when my book was published because I was like, it wasn't perfect. I could have done this, this, and this better. And it's just like, it's done now. Sorry, too late. Next time. (laughs) Volume two. (laughs) Is there, are you working on, do you have more poems sort of like in the pipeline and ready to go? Or what are are you thinking of tackling after this collection? Yeah, I just shared with my agent some new work and I was nervous on many levels. I was nervous like about if, if it would be as good as what I wrote before, then thinking about the fact that it was a collection of work that I've written over the years. And now what I'll publish next will be who I am now and and on and hoping that that's good enough, you know? And so it's weird to like reach a moment of accomplishment of like, I finally became a debut author and now restarting the process of being new and being a student again and trying to be satisfied with yourself. Wow. And so how did you decide to not only write poetry, but sell all this cool stuff? Because I feel like most authors do not have this. And this is all so cool, although a lot of it is sold out. Some of it I feel like I should only say on my sex podcast, which I also have, by the way. I feel like this should be merch for my sex podcast. We can go on that podcast as well. Well, I have my line of merch, and then I own this company called Buy Weed from Women. And truth be told, it's so funny to say this, but it all started with the concept of messaging, right? Where it's just like, before I am a designer or a businesswoman or strategist, I'm a messenger. And so I think that like one thing that a poet can do better than anybody is wrap and harness a message that so many of us, right, have brilliant thoughts and ideas, but the messenger is the one who's going to harness the message. And so what you see in in my merchandise, right, is like these really solid, quick messages that you hear that you can remember and that can stick with you. And they're all very short. And so what I learned from Instagram and also in my desire to be a good messenger and an entrepreneur is that you, you want to take the message that, that hits hard, the punchline that, that will sit in the heart. 
and put it on things that can live in the home. And so you see the tote bags and T-shirts and coffee mugs and candles because these things are they're not necessarily Jasmine Mans's poem, right? People are not buying it because they're in love with my, my poetry, but because they're connected to, to the simple message that sometimes they like they just want to be remembered or or that black girls don't die, but like these short form messages that that can stick with you that are not the long poem, right? They're not the book. And, and some of these people who got the message don't have the book. But it's one thing that I learned from being a poet is that if you can be clear about your message, you can also then be clear about your audience and make people fall in love. Wow. I wonder sort of where the line falls between poet and copywriter, <laughs> right? It's like, it's a fine line. Like poetry is so obviously much more literary, but there's something similar in like the use of words in such an economic, what's that word? Like economious way or whatever, where you have to be so careful, you know, stop stealing art from black girls, but on your, you know, tote bag. And then you have these beautiful poems, which I had all dog-eared and ready to read out loud during this podcast, I have to tell you, but we rescheduled and now I packed up the book and I can't find it. So I feel terrible, but I had all these like really insightful points to make about different poems and I'm not going to make them today, but just know I had them. (laughs) I had the thoughts and I read the poems and it was beautiful. And I've become actually, to be honest, like much more into poetry since I've started this podcast as, as a form. Like I hadn't really read it since high school. And now that I keep getting these collections, I'm like, ooh, poetry. And I think it it's so perfect for everyone's short attention span right now, too. Like, you can read a book of poetry in not that much time, and yet you get all of that literary feeling. It's like taking a shot instead of having a glass of wine. Yes, absolutely. Because the shot is the full experience where, like, the glass is more so a journey. Mm-hmm. And one thing about poetry is that like each poem is a story. And so you can open the book, read one poem and close the book and then open it three weeks. You don't have to be committed to this like linear idea of finishing. And that means that the book can journey with you. And it's also a less intimidating process for a new reader or a reader who's not sure if they like poetry. And then I'm just trying to get people to understand. I think every poet is trying to get people to understand that this isn't like your auntie's westernized poetry class. Like poetry sounds very, very different. And you really can understand the literal voices of so many different cultures just by diving into poetry. Like I've learned about a Vietnamese American boy by way of his poems or learned so much about Muslim women by way of their poems because it had voice. And so poetry is different. It's very different from what we've been taught. Yes, absolutely. Almost song-like too. It could be a song. It could be a poem. It could, you know, it's like, I feel like half these things are quotes you'd want to like put up on your bulletin board or something like that, you know? And then of course, in your collection, you wove in so much timely stuff too. I know you said it came like over a lifetime, but you have like Serena Williams and Kanye and like all these like, you know, very of, you know, right now things going on. Like this is not just like staring at like a beautiful 
pond and watching the ripples, you know, this is like, it's like real dialogue with society and what's going on today. Have you always written like that? Or it's, it's, have you always like sort of wanted to engage in that type of, um, sort of timeliness in your writing? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things. And I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help and I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time yeah because like so many things fall upon your heart and so many things like you sit with and and it could be in pop culture so you don't know how the story belongs to you and i think so many of us who sit in the public eye and the public narratives we're always like well how does this story belong does it belong to, do, do i have a right to give my opinion And uh, there are many stories that happen in pop culture. Sandra Bland dying in prison or and getting arrested, Whitney Houston's drug addiction, Serena Williams being policed as one of the most, like, even though she's one of the, the, probably the best athlete in the world. And my commonality is the Blackness around it, how the Black woman's body is, is policed. And so there are things, like, as a writer where I'm like, I've been thinking about this for some time now. All right, let me write. I won't tell anybody what I said, but let me let me write something around it. And then you sit with it and you think about if if your if your narrative is important and if it's valuable. And some of these artists, I've had the honor of studying 
like studying their careers and, and studying their criticisms. And so not only am I writing about these people, but I'm also a student of the thought. Mm-hmm. So here is like a really stupid question. So this is like what I've always wondered about poetry because I am very comfortable writing essays. That's like my go-to form. And I could write an essay, boom, boom, boom. Like I know when it starts and ends. I know when it's percolating. I know when it's ready to write. I know how to do that. But poetry, like how do you even know when it's a poem? Like you talked about seven words, like staring at it. Is it just because you set out to make it a poem? Like how do you know it's not just like, like, how do you know when a poem is a poem? And how do you know when it's done? I don't know. <laughs> I think a poem is a poem because I'm a poet. <laughs> and so, yes, there are poems, like, in my book, there is a piece that I wrote like an essay, or not so much like an essay, but like a story, like prose. And it didn't follow, it wasn't, there was nothing poetic about it. It was prose. And so I think that's, I couldn't even I couldn't even sit here and pretend to answer that question. Okay. Like I could not pretend to answer that question. All right. Well, as long as both of us don't know, then I feel better. Okay. We, we don't. Okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> you said that you did what you set out to do, which is to become a writer. What got in the way? Me wanting to become a writer got in the way of me wanting to become a writer. It was trying to be like everyone else who can be a writer, but then it's about finding your voice. That I remember there was a specific time in my career where when I was a bit younger, I'm still really young, but I remember being embarrassed of talking about Black stuff. And I wanted, and it reminded me of when I was young and when I did speech and debate, and the Black debaters and performers would talk about thick, hard stuff. And they would use the text of Toni Morrison and Langston Hughes, whereas the white debaters and performers would talk about flowers and things that were fun and funny. And I realized like that dynamic very, very early. I'm sorry, what was your question? Because I just got lost. I was just wondering if anything had gotten in your way on your way to becoming a writer. And so it was not, and so it was just like wanting, it was understanding like what kind of writer I wanted to be. And then it was not being embarrassed of the writer I wanted to be. And I was often juxtaposed between looking at myself and my white counterparts and also being in spaces where even some of my my colleagues and my peers didn't think that the Black narrative was valuable. It was like, mm, don't talk about that. That's cliche or that, mm, we don't want to like. And it was this like this idea of participating in this like uppity collegiate blackness that like I was removed from that world. And I, I didn't have to talk about those those complications. And there was this moment, I think, that happened. And it wasn't long ago that I realized that like I was excited about my blackness. I was excited about my understanding of home and that I was only going to be able to write about my understanding of home if I valued it. And you can't write in a voice that you don't value. And so that was the complication. I had to believe in it and value it in order to write about it. I love that because I feel like part of publishing, right, requires the confidence to believe that somebody else wants to read what you have to say. And I feel like there's so many writers out there who do a lot of writing, but like can't get it into the 
public eye because they don't feel like what they have to say is worth it. Or And so it stays in drawers or it stays in laptops. And those are the voices I feel like we really need to hear. It's crazy when you realize that you are the biggest thing that is the hindrance, that you stand in between all of your becoming. You think it's everyone else and the people, but it's actually our own minds and when we think about ourselves and our experience. Yeah. Wow. This is deep stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're an entrepreneur, you're a poet. What is next? What are you going to do next? Isn't that crazy? I have no idea. I'm going to write more. And I, my goal is to always write better. I want to create more. And I just feel like this is the most beautiful point in my life where the things that I believe I can do are actually flourishing. And so I want to design more and take risks and and create more poetry and investigate as a poet. And I think that's what makes something poetry when when you make decisions as a poet. And so I want to make more poetic decisions and, and be thoughtful about my work and then find joy and be good to people. I feel like make poetic decisions could go on one of those mugs. That's a pretty cool line. Thank you. I'll give you 10% for that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you know what? I don't need a percentage. Just send me a mug. That's it. How about that? <laughs> We're recording. I really have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> on the record. <laughs> oh my goodness. Awesome. Well, do you have any advice for aspiring authors and or poets? Continue. That what makes us good artists is our ability to find our worthiness to keep going and share, share even the bad stuff that the bad stuff is worth listening to. That's great. Of course, now we're going to read all this terrible stuff. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. All right. Well, Jasmine, thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. You'll think of me maybe while you change out your hair and you'll think of me with the same hair again, day after day after day after day. Wishing I could do something else. So, you know, (laughs) I'll think of you as I brush my hair. There you go. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Me too. Have a great day. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.